Chapters thirty one to forty of Krilov's Fables by Ivan Andreevich Krilov. Selected and translated by C. Fillingham Coxwell, M.D. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Chapter thirty one The Mirror and the Monkey. A monkey, having viewed her portrait in a glass, turned to a bear by whom she wished to pass, touching him lightly, said, "'What hideous ass can that be, my dear fellow? Always a fresh contortion, skip, grimace, and stare. I'd hang myself if I should wear that look ridiculous, become but half as yellow. I will, however, this confess, among my friends, perhaps a dozen more or less, as awkward are and faces similar possess what needs acquaintances to reckon when you within the mirror writhe and beckon thus bruin sharply cried the ape with angry look heard only to deride of such examples there are many satire detraction truth of these we love not any i saw it even yesterday peter is not quite honest there are curious stories. Tis said in taking bribes he glories. And yet he looks at Paul in a peculiar way. Chapter 32 The Tree Seeing a peasant passing with an axe, a sapling said to him, My kind and friendly fellow, Direct against the trees around me fierce attacks. They thwart my wish to spread and mellow scant light its way can hither thread my roots are cramped secure no chance to spread at liberty about me play no breezes o'erhead a great mass intertwines goes where it pleases if only every hindrance to my growth were less i should within a year a beauty rare possess bestow a gracious shade on all the valley while now from wretchedness my spirits cannot rally the peasant quickly got to work, was easily persuaded, and well the grumbler aided, took care that near the tree no living thing should lurk. Alas, the triumph did not continue. By the sun's rays the tree was baked. Hail ruthless struck it till it ached. A fearful tempest broke its inner fibrous sinew. Thereon a serpent spoke. Thou surely hast been mad, brought on thyself this trouble sad well sheltered in the forest would have shot up bravely nor sultriness nor hurricane could thee have hurt the older trees were present evil to avert then if at a later date inscrutably and gravely destiny thought to strike them down all at the proper time thou mightst have earned a crown as an example rare of vigour living to boast of strife wherein thou wealth's did figure overcoming many storms have won a sure renown chapter thirty three the brook a shepherd once approached a brook in piteous grief complaining sorely that a cruel swollen river had filched his lamb a pretty giver of simple comfort joy too brief the brook first heard then said with exclamation bitter Oh, stream insatiable, if only thy broad bed, even as mine were wed, to clearness pure and honest glitter. 
if only folk thy victims but in chief could view who despite mud were easily revealed in thy position i ashamed my strength would yield had into corners shrunk and my deep shame concealed if waters poured my channels through swiftly as now they leave thy pasture spreading and they thy lovely banks are threading i would have done no creature harm nor cause through noxious floods man's terrible alarm would have set angrily no bush nor flower in motion but earning gratitude from every neighboring farm had left the prosperous fields to breathe a peaceful calm for order would have shown devotion i in a word while doing good upon my way would nowhere have produced the least disaster nay smiling if through rains my bulk grew vaster i would have seaward gone benign and pure and gay so truly thought the brook and spoke as to a brother a peaceful week arrived another then near at hand a rain-cloud burst upon a hill in torrents the brook with watery wealth could nigh a river fill and showing rage held lately in abhorrence has quickly forced its banks to know its muddy will it boils and roars and hurries foam in frothy masses breaks trees all boundaries passes deafens with noise that's heard afar thus the same shepherd sad for whom it wordy war reproachfully had preached arrived at desolation with his whole flock met devastation his home and all that was there forever were o'erthrown how many brooks develop only kindness to evil lures exhibit blindness because they force and volume never yet have known chapter thirty four the kite a paper kite that soared on high while looking down was able to decry a joyous butterfly and cried we faintly see your foolish efforts zealous confess that you are rather jealous when you behold our elevated lot jealous oh surely not your grandeur is a phantom or an empty vision your tethered flight awakens believe me but derision can happiness be got from an existence ever fettered and how could life for me be bettered as i aspire i venture higher and never solely for another's idle leisure and pleasure lose freedom i desire chapter thirty five the impious of old among the peoples dwelt a race in shame who sinning specially their wicked hearts enlisted fiercely against the gods with arms resisted a thousand banners hurried crowds of rebels came carrying bows or slings and vilely heaven flouted the leaders of the throng audacious keen of mind to rouse their folk to fury words disgraceful shouted said the court of zeus severe is a and blind slumber perchance the gods but doing justice rarely they now require a lesson of a kind so from the neighboring hills men scheming not unfairly should hurl against the great a strength combined of arrows e'en olympus smother dreading such portent strange god spoke with one another at a conference this prayer to zeus preferred 
do thou restrain this monstrous herd of creatures insolent forthwith to action stirred convince the anarchists rudely by peals of thunder or marvel make them wonder or by an inundation vast or an o'erwhelming shower of stones upon them cast at last said zeus if longer they remain unquiet stiff-necked persist of the immortals show not fear their deeds will whelm them tis my fiat then clouds as dark as night appear huge stones and arrows sharp from the insurgents flying caused ghastly wounds of countless deaths and tell the dying that their own missiles swift have fallen on their heads doubt as an agile foreman treads its punishment sure spreads the scoffs of evil prophets are but falsest notions inciting spurring against a goodness wise and true the hour of death will reaching even you as a deep piercing arrow summon dread emotions chapter thirty six the mouse and the rat o oh, neighbor hast thou heard the news of course up to a rat a mouse came running our cat has felt in conflict all the lion's force we'll move at ease no more her presence shunning rejoice not yet my dear true wisdom from a rat now here away with strange beliefs unfounded if claws can interfere the lion soon will be astounded a cat in strength has no compeer chapter thirty seven two peasants good morning thaddeus good morning friend igor how goes it with you well i trust you're cheerful our friend you have not heard of my adventure fearful i burnt my home possessing one no more too sadly i advance from door to door because some accident regretful well at a christmas party i became forgetful and with a candle went to give the horse a feed i own just then my head was humming somehow i dropped the light and no way could succeed sudden flames and overcoming and you oh thaddeus an accident benumbing an angered god will retribution plan you see a legless man that i remain alive is nothing but a wonder i too at christmas sought some beer the dwelling under besides must own already had drunk wine with friends demanding pleasure and feeling queer i thought it a wise measure myself to darkness to confine the devil pushed and i rolled down the steep incline alas as punishment for loving too much tipple i go about a hopeless cripple but blame yourselves my friends said to them father stephen he's wise who comprehends there's nothing to astonish in that you fired your house or you limp lame and slow but mostly i such folk admonish as drinking much in darkness choose to go chapter thirty eight the lion and the fox the fox had ne'er a lion seen and meeting one she trembled abject grew of mien a little later she a second lion chanced on and now a figure far less frightened glanced on when latter came the third she was to conversation with the lion stirred chapter thirty nine the peasant and the snake 
A snake aspired to live within a peasant's house, avoiding an existence idle, would feed the children, nurse them, and their tempers bridle. Not to emulate some lazy mouse. I know too well, she says, there's an ancient notion, widely among good people rife, that only strife and every form of wild commotion follow our entry to the home. You dare affirm that snakes are never grateful, that with a horrid purpose serpents roam. More, their behavior, e'en to their own young, is hateful. If there be wicked snakes, I am not one of such. Ne'er in an honest life have I a victim bitten. My fangs shall ne'er a creature touch. Pining for genial deeds, I'm willing to do much. Embrace the kitten, caress a maid love smitten. Despite her heartache, a snake would now the proper care of infants undertake. Even if your words, the peasant answers, be not truthless, I would not greet a shape so ruthless. If I should weakly show any such liking, another snake would come. We next her kin should know. Ah, woe! A hundred fangs would be my children striking. Therefore I deem, O kind and gentle friend, because, alas, good snakes I can't get used to, a present wrong I'll mend. Forthwith, the peasant not reduced to egregious folly, of the serpent made an end. CHAPTER Forty, THE BARREL For only three short days I ask of you, my friend, grant me a special boon, namely a barrel lend. Now service is to comrades holy, tis different when the matter's one of money solely. Then love is less in question, and one can refuse. Why should not friends your barrel use? But soon it has returned, arrived the pleasing news, and once again is water holding. Alas, no longer it is with the thing all well. Falling beneath a curse, or weird and curious spell, it lately has acquired a strangely venous smell, a redolence that's faded of the jaunt to tell, if it be filled with kvass or beer, is told their knell, the owner a whole year sly schemes unfolding, now scalded and now dried it in the wind, oh, many methods shrewd designed, could yet the subtle vapor find, and so at last exchange the barrel for another. Try, fathers, to remember this my fable brief, company doubtful causes grief, is bad for sister as for brother, examples of ill deeds and words are apt to stay, far better keep a harm away than after consequences smother. End of chapters 31 to 40